Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. brand name, like Pepsi, that's a brand name, I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills, <laughs> what I'm right? talking about is, when you chop my dope down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it Blue Magic, that is trademark infringement, you understand what I'm saying? Trademark. Alright guys, I'm here, it's your girl D. Scott, and it is the last day of February, our wonderful Black History Month, which it should be Black History Month every month. However, today is Manic Monday, February 29, 2016, and tonight's show is called Manic Mondays, and I spelled it with a Z, because I've, you know, been sleepy lately, and it's called Scorch the Earth. <clears throat> Basically, that's the terminology that one of um, my followers came up with. I mean, I'm sure it's been said somewhere before, but it basically means that if someone doesn't give you your way or do what you want them to do, you fucking burn everything, you murder everything, live and you kill everything, scorch the earth. And so it's about people being scathed. Um, and, I, and I, you know, there's a very famous uh, Jay-Z quote where he says, you know, don't tell me what people said about me. Tell me why they felt comfortable enough to say it to you. And don't, you know, I don't like when people say, well, what did you tell so-and-so? No, I told them what you told me. So I often tell people I'm a writer, so therefore I'm careful when I say something because I'm careful with my words because I understand that I can't take them back out of the universe once they're put out there. And what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, I, I'm I'm very not nice, and I've said some very, very not nice things to people, but I don't ever regret what the fuck I said because I meant what the fuck I said because you put me in a position to not give a fuck about you. And so I want to get to the fact that recently there was an incident where I was talking to a gentleman who I find, you know, very um, skilled at what he does for a living, and I'm entering a new phase in my lifetime. I won't say in my life, in my lifetime, where – Everything now is about investment. So whether that's time, whether that's money, whether that's, you know, working and doing all these things. And so I really, I just don't have a lot of time for a lot of things. And so I had a meeting with this gentleman, and we were talking about properties because that's the next phase of this, even though my family's been involved in renovation and things like that and and properties. The the thing with me is that now I'm ready to do it on my own. Am I going to be in that bitch flipping it and, you know, beating down a wall and all that other shit? Hell no. But am I going to have help? Do I have a crew? Do I have a team? Yes. And so it's time for me to start linking up with the big boys in that industry, especially in this area, with my brothers included, um, to make sure that things are happening, especially when you're trying to run a business so that I have some place to take money out. So, you know, we call them HELOCs, Home Equity Line of Credit. In this area where I live in upstate New York, you can buy a house relatively cheaply, flip it, you know, a couple, couple, two, three, 20, 30 stacks, and then you've gained, you know, two to three times the amount of money that you put into the home the minute that it's finished. 
and I'm not a flipper. So I, you know, want to purchase properties to live in them and to have my studios and, and, and do what I need to do my office. You know, I need workspace and I need a lot of space. I need a lot of closet space. I mean, I've had storage units in different states just to hold clothing and arts and, and, and things that I've purchased. So recently I was having a conversation with this gentleman and he's very good at what he does. He might be a motherfucker and other things, but he's very good at what he does. And so we were having a conversation and I was looking at one of the buildings that he had purchased and all the work that he had done. Mm. And it came up that, you know, someone was talking shit about me and saying, like, you know, in my endeavors that I'm a nothing-ass broad and all these other things. And it made me laugh because I feel like, you know, this little girl doesn't know me. I work alongside of her in one of my industries. However, she's never been in my house. She doesn't even really know my last name. She doesn't know anything about me. And so, therefore, the other issue is I didn't hear her say it because she wouldn't say it to my face. So, to me, it really never happened. I'm I'm too old to be asking somebody, did you tell so-and-so that I was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck. You don't pay my bills. You understand what I'm saying? You don't do my schedule. So, you know, he, he apologized for some words that we had exchanged um, before the holiday season. And what the little girl doesn't understand is that one of the reasons I stopped, you know, talking to him about business was based upon the fact that he spoke poorly of her. So as a grown-ass woman, if you're going to speak poorly about her, what do you think I think he's going to do to me, right? So this is just there's certain things that are not honorable to me. You understand what I'm saying? Now, we could do business, but can we do anything else? Nah. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't, I don't, if I speak ill about my exes, it's because you have done something that is so devastating and so bitch assness that I, I have no choice but to speak bad about you. I'm not going to little dick you. I'm not going to say you're broke. I'm not going to say any of that shit unless you come from me on a physical or a financial level and then all gloves are off. And so a lot of people, I had to learn how to argue. Right. So when I used to argue before, I used to actually run a page on Facebook called Good Women Who Still Think Good Men Exist. And actually, if you go on Facebook and you try to find it, Good Women Who Still Believe, I think I think it's Who Still Believe Good Men Exist. This was when I had lost my mind probably about five years ago when I first moved here when I still had hope. I don't have any hope anymore. Um, it, it, y'all just be doing too goddamn much. It's just it's literally a different breed of men that have come out. Um, even if they're my same age, it's just, it's not the same. I don't know where your fathers are. I don't know who raised you. I don't know who your mama is. It's just, it's a mess. And so you're not taking care of yourselves. You're not taking care of your children. And rule number one in any, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care if you're 5% Catholic, whatever, whatever. You have to take care of your children. Those are your seeds. That's, that's king shit. So, which also means that children is a very touchy subject. So if you're going to bring up somebody's children, Especially just anybody's, you know, especially a street person's child. Just make sure that you prepare your chin for that. And I speak about that in my book, Stay in Your Lane and Die of a Hot Mess, available on Amazon and Kindle or my website, www.stayinyourlane123.com, where I talk about if I ever jumped up in a man's face, if I ever put my hands on a man, I was not expecting him not to hit me. Like, I punched you in the face and we're going to fight. I'm not going to win because I'm a female, okay? But it is what it is. You know, and and I prepare for that. Ain't nobody calling the police. Ain't nobody going to jail. That's not what we do. So in having this conversation with this gentleman, I had spoke to him about the caliber of women that he was dealing with. And I said, you know, you have this certain level of status that you're trying to get financially. And it's not wise for you to deal with people that cannot add to that, that are always going to try to take. So I call them chicken nugget aluminum foil ass bitches. 
Um, because I don't know your names individually, and you're no friend of mine. You know, we're, you're not. You're actually my enemy. You're the reason that I have to raise my son the way that I have to raise him, and to to be against any female that comes to my son with her hand out or looking, thinking because she's cute that my son should pay her way for everything. You're not married, and my son's only eleven. But this is the shit that I have to prepare my young brown son for as he gets older. Um, and it's just a specific type of woman that's going to be welcomed into my home, you know, to love my son. Just like it takes a very specific type of man for me to welcome into my home to teach my son what it looks like to love his mother. So I'm having this conversation with this gentleman, and I told him, I said, you got to leave these chicken nugget-ass broads alone. You over here trying to eat steak, they still over here ordering chicken fingers. You can't, you can't do that. And I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody. I'm just saying, like, I've gone through that phase in my life where I've looked at the caliber of the men that I dated, and I can't really blame them. i got to smack myself in the face and say, what the fuck were you thinking? You know, I was 35 years old dating a 22-year-old. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and truth be told, you know, he he was killing some of y'all older cats. And I speak about this all the time. He knew that every time I seen him, you know, he, he knew what to say. He knew what to do. He always had a little gift for me. Even if it was just a little something that was $5, I appreciated that. And I know he listens to the show. And I definitely appreciate the, the work that he went into, you know, went into it. And I think now he's in a serious relationship. He's a father, you know, but he was raised properly. And you could tell I never touched the door handle. I never, you know, I never pumped gas none of that and I could I could call him and be like I just need a hug he would drive from wherever he was 30 40 minutes away just to bring me a hug so I could go to work and make things right and get my money you know so I appreciate those type of relationships that are based on innocence and that are based on honesty so this particular cat is a cat very nice looking cat um I just feel bad that he doesn't know that you know so you have these gentlemen out there that are hot ass mess looking like fucking um transformers and shit and and they think they the shit and you're like nobody has told you that you're unattractive like inside and out and there's a lot of females out there that are like that as well it's like you know i know that we raise our kids with black girl magic and things like that but like my you fucked up like you need to go have several motherfucking seats like did you eat green leafy vegetables today you look like you're sick your skin is fucked up like let's start taking care of ourselves first because under the age of 25, that's the main group that's affecting men with gonorrhea and herpes and, and crabs and all this other different kind of diseases. But it's also the men, whom I call the average men, that are able to go shift in between dating a lawyer, dating a doctor, dating a chick that works at the mall, dating a chick that works at Burger King, and dating a chick that does nails. They're able, the average guy can do that. The guy that really has it going on for himself, he doesn't have that luxury. So in the book, Games by Saladin Kanala, we talk about the average guy, and that's why I don't like – I'm just the average girl, quote-unquote, but my average and your average is two different things. Like, I feel you supposed to pay your bills. I feel that child support is a broke bitch's hustle. Do you still need it? Absolutely. Get your money. However, don't depend on anybody to get anything for you. If you got to sit down a couple of rounds and you can't go out, you can't go up out of town, then you got to sit the fuck down. You got kids. You know, you guys are all out there, you know, screaming about your tax money. You got this back. All you just told everybody on Facebook was that you are poor as fuck and that during the year you don't make enough money to be able to take care of your family. And that's why you get so much money back at the end of the year and you do nothing with it. You know, at least I got to shout out my, my brother's ex-wife. You know, she just started a cleaning service. You know, she got her business license. That's how you stay in your lane. That's how you get shit done. If I was getting back $10,000, if I was getting back fucking $10 in taxes, I would be taking that money and reinvesting it into my business. 
You know what I'm saying? Or doing something. I definitely wouldn't be in the mall, you know, buying Jordans for a fucking four-year-old that get, that barely walks anywhere. I wouldn't be doing that. I would be purchasing a car, purchasing something that's going to make my life better throughout the year when I'm not getting no paper, you know. And then, you know, you have these young ladies, and I, and I tell these gentlemen all the time, and that's why I have to be careful with who I date and who I deal with, because, you know, I, I like everybody. I don't really give a shit about you. You don't care about your girlfriend. I don't either, as long as you're not married. Now, marriage, I, I tell you all the time, that's another thing. But my situation is this. I can't deal with people that are not extraordinary because my vision is just so out of the box right now that I'm terrified, you know. And when you get to a place where you're terrified, you try to become stagnant. And I tried to do that this first two months of the year. I really did. I should have opened my store in January. I didn't do it. I was like, no, I need to make new drop tags. I need to make new interior tags. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it, it was really just straight-up punk bitchness. It was just fear, you know what I mean? And instead of me just taking, you know, my money and just re- – which I, I'm always reinvesting into my business, but instead of me just saying, fuck it, let me just do these new shoots, let me – I designed all the new gear. I'm never not working. You know, when when I come home from doing what it is I do, you know, whether it's 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, sometimes I'm up till 10 a.m. redesigning everything, writing everything down, picking out colors for walls and doing all these other stuff. So when you have to sit down and talk to somebody – about buildings and about contract work, it's very attractive to be able to have that conversation with somebody. But then when you look at them, you look at their track record. As women, we have to start looking at men, too, and judging them by the company they fucking keep, too, because they always want to judge us for some old, you know, fuck shit that we did back in 1997. No, you got to start judging them because if whatever he's doing about her, he's going to do it to you, too, right? So let me get into it. Because, you know, I feel bad on a certain level, but on a certain level, you know, it was a situation where I could hear Kevin Hart saying, you're going to learn today. So I don't really give a shit that a young lady was talking shit about me because you don't know me. You've never been that close to me. I don't even talk to you. We don't even work in the same arena. And apparently what was said was um, Denise ain't no real boss. She just floats around. She does this. She does that. Now, I don't know that she knew I wrote six books. I don't know that she knows I own a publishing company. I don't know that she knows that my son's been getting royalties for the last three, four years. She doesn't know anything about me. She doesn't know anything about my ex-husband. So I kind of laughed and was like, well, whatever. She didn't say anything important because I don't know her. I don't even think she knows what kind of car I drive, any of them. So she never got out of town with me, nothing. And so, you know, that didn't really bother me. So... I went to, you know, finish having a conversation with him about this contract and work because I'm trying to buy, you know, a building to set up my studio in and have my artwork and have certain things that I like in there and to have, you know, my Zero Fucks Nation home um, to where I can keep everything. Because in this area, I would rather buy a big-ass house and just set up shop there than to go and have a business location, and then I have to run the risk of it getting broken into and all this other shit, and now somebody got to get shot in the face. I'm not dealing with that. My cousin's barbershop just got broken into on Pine Avenue. I'm not with the shits at all. So, you know, I get to a situation where I'm sitting down, we're having drinks, we're we're eating dinner, and I'm explaining to him, you know, what I'm trying to do with this next building. He's explaining what he's trying to do from a contracting standpoint, a design standpoint. We're talking about that. And then um, he's like, you know, why would you never consider, you know, any situation with me? And I said, well, because from what I understand, you don't take care of your children. And because I'm going to tell you exactly what I said. You know, if you're listening, young lady, um, you don't take care of your children. And from my understanding, you is one of your kids, um, like, physically or mentally handicapped. So he starts going in about his baby's moms, whatever, whatever. And then something clicked in him where he was just like, 
well, there is something wrong, and then he goes into what's going on with one of his children. And there's no way on proper earth that I could have known anything about that had it not have come from this specific young lady. Now, do I think that she told me that to be discouraging? Perhaps, because it was the only conversation I've ever had with her, and it was about this gentleman who she used to date, was was the, the contractor in question. So... Unfortunately, he gets upset about that because there's certain shit you can't say. You can't talk about dead people, and especially people's parents, boyfriends, lovers, beloveds, and you cannot talk about people's children. That is the quickest way to get punched in your motherfucking face. Like, I don't care who it is. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at work, and I have to hear about an incident where the same young lady had made mention of somebody's dead boyfriend saying the only reason you have money is because of your dead boyfriend. That's real venomous, but you better make sure that if you're going to be venomous that you're that type of snake that's ready to get bit or just ate up because these are not the type of young ladies that are playing these types of games with you. I have a little sister your age. You hang with girls that know, know my work and know what I do. You know what I'm saying? So, And I'm crazy. I have problems. So... You know, the situation is I see this gentleman sitting at the table so angry that he could not finish a train of thought. And I said, listen, don't do nothing to this girl. She's just a kid. She probably didn't mean it like that, whatever, whatever. He said, when I see this bitch, I'm going to spit in her fucking face. So about an hour later, I get a I get a, a email that says, what did you tell so-and-so? Well, I need you to call me, please. I said, no, I'm not going to call you. Mm-mm. We're not friends. And I don't do the fake shit. I'm not going to, oh, hey, yeah, girl, let's just hang out now. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? I, I don't even take pictures with people like that anymore just because I don't know really what the fuck. I used to take pictures with strangers all the time when I would see them, like, in New Orleans or see them in New York or something like that. But then I realized the motherfuckers be taking them pictures and then Photoshopping shit or saying, oh, yeah, look, she down with this. And then I find out you into some other weird shit, and I don't want to be associated. So I barely take pictures with people anymore unless it's my people. So... She sends me an email saying she was physically assaulted by the same gentleman in the mall. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, I, you know, I had to call him and be like, what happened? He's like, she lying. I ain't touch her. So come to find out, he admitted to me the next day that he went up to her, had a conversation with her and was like, why was you talking about my kids? And she was going on and on. I don't know what you're talking about. And then when he was walking away, she was like, fuck your kids. So at that point, he went to God and <laughs> took a hawker and spit it in her face. That is completely wrong. That is assault, no matter how you look at it. Now I'm concerned for the girl, like, oh, my God, are you okay? But I didn't know that she had said that. Not that it's okay, but I'm just saying. If you're going to scorch the earth, fuck it up. And make sure your squad is there on hand when you go to scorch the earth. You can't talk shit, and then when somebody confronts you about it, just like, you know, the young lady comes to me and say, what did you tell him? I never answered her question because I told, you, I told him exactly what you told me. If you're trying to discourage somebody from dating somebody, and that's not even where the relationship was going, make sure that you know where the relationship was going before you volunteer information like that. And I felt so bad for him because, you know, he felt like he was betrayed by this young lady because he was like, that was something that was between me and her. I was just talking about something that was going on with my child, and I had felt that I was with her long enough to be able to tell her that. And for her to come back just off grip, and you don't you don't even know her like that to tell you about that, that's what he was upset about. You betrayed the trust. It had nothing to do with me saying that, you know, you dogged his kids or anything like that. It had to do with you having to learn to shut the fuck up. I'm not going to sit up here. I could sit up here and say a whole lot of shit. I could be a mean girl i could talk about the motherfucker in detroit but the first thing i always tell you about that motherfucker in detroit was that he was a present father he adored the shit out of me and i've known that man for 20 years 
Did he do me dirty? Absolutely. Do I wish death on him? Not anymore because I don't really care. But what I'm saying is that, you know what I'm saying, for a very long period of time, there was a lot of bitterness because we were supposed to be friends. So no matter what happened, the friendship was always there with my people. I got a cat right now, you know, sending me information from jail, you know, asking me like, oh, when you wrote the book, why did you say this? Why did you say that? People have a hard time with the fucking truth. And the truth is ugly. But the other thing about it is that I don't have no reason to go back out of respect for the men that I've dealt with, whether they've physically abused me, whether they've cracked my forehead open, whatever, whatever. I don't give a shit anymore. So it's I'm not out here trying to hurt you. I'm not going to sit up here and talk about where we lay at. I'm not going to sit up here and talk about what your sex game is like because it's none of anybody's business. And that's something that I think a lot of young ladies need to understand. You can't go around saying that, you know, this person is it men too. You can't go around saying, well, she did this and she did that. Okay, well, you was in love with a chick that did this and did that. That slept with your man. I had this. That had the, the had the uh, the nutty buddies. You can't go around talking about people like that because then it makes the next female. This is worse than bum residue. It makes the next female look at you and be like, I don't. Because listen, if you can't handle your household, you can't handle business. So I look at men when I have to do business with them and say, How do you handle your women? Because how you handle your women and your family, that's how you handle your business, right? And I have no tolerance for anybody coming and saying like yeah i know where denise live at she be over here and blah blah blah. you know what i'm saying i like shotguns you like to talk i like shotguns i don't have time to be having a perfect guy situation because i'm not going to hit you with no damn beanbag you understand what i'm saying like my my home my sanctuary is everything so now that makes me feel like you know what i'm saying i can't do business with people like this because this was just so dramatic you know, but you had no business laying down with a female that's 10 years younger than you. You knew what time it was. She's a kid. That's what they do. You know what I'm saying? And she came to me and she said, well, if you thought that I said something about you, you could have came to me. I said, I would never come to you. Who the fuck, like, who are you? I would never come to a little girl and ask her, did you say a motherfucking thing about me because your opinion is invalid of me? I don't care. You understand what I'm saying? I don't care what you think. I wasn't there to hear you say it. If I didn't hear you say it, that means you didn't fucking say it. See, one thing about me, when I have beef or drama with people, I will at you on the Internet, at so-and-so, okay? I will tag you in some shit. I have no problem with it. And to me, that's a good, clean fight because then it's like, okay, we can air all this out if we need be, and then we can move on because everybody said what they needed to say. I don't do the go behind your back, well, her, you know, her roots need touched up or she wears she like a monkey with a wig on. I don't do stuff like that. Because I'm truly grown, and I don't need to have a conversation with a 20-something-year-old about some dude that's 30-something years old that if I was your parents, I would have whooped your motherfucking ass. I want to, man, listen, I wish I was 21 years old dating somebody 31, for real. Like, where's your parents? Mm-mm, mm-mm. My father would have ran over everybody in the street, okay, in a, in a Sanford and Son pickup truck. You know, so... That was part of, you know, what went on this weekend with the scorched the earth. And, you know, on one hand, I understood where the dude was coming from. But on the other hand, you know, I, I want a lot of young ladies to understand that, like, you can't, th- listen, if there's nothing that my mother never told me, if she never told me nothing else, she always told me don't warn a motherfucker, don't warn a bitch. Let her tell her, you know what, he was the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life. It was the best thing that ever happened in my life. He was great, whatever, whatever. Let that broad figure out for herself. Because, I, like I said, I'm in a situation right now where I could tell you for a fact that I know that there are certain people that after we have parted ways that, that they weren't happy. You understand what I'm saying? I know you're not happy. I can see it in her face, your face. You know what I'm saying? But that's what you get. You want to be out so bad. But I'm going to cut to the weekend, 
because I absolutely love this song by him. It's called Shameless. Yes, I do watch Shameless on Showtime, but I love, love, love this song. And today was the first time I actually looked at the lyrics to the song where he says, um, say it louder, say it louder. I thought he said, seen a lot of. But this is the track that I'm vibing to right now. We're going to get into some Road James later with permission, but right now I'm shameless. Love you like me, like me. Say it louder, say it louder. Who's gonna touch you like me, like me? Ooh, said you wanna be good, but you couldn't keep your composure. Ooh, said you wanna be good, but you're begging me to come over. Ooh, come over. Who's gonna fuck you like me? Yeah. I don't wanna hurt you, but you live for the pain. I'm not trying to say it, but it's what you became. Love you like me, like me, yeah. Say it louder, say it louder. Who's gonna touch you like me, like me? Ooh, said it be the last time. All you needed was a little closure. Ooh, said it be the last time, but you're begging me to come over. Ooh, come over. Ooh, say who's gonna fuck you like me?
sure don't have any shame at all, you know, that's why I have zero fucks. So in addition to that, we had some, I did a poll today about what we should do the show about, and uh, one of my old, you know, friends from the neighborhood back in the day, I've known him probably over 30 years since I was a little girl, Tony Blackman was saying that I should do a show on domestic abuse and things like that, and Niagara Falls is actually no stranger to such behavior, to such things. We actually just had an incident where, um, rest in peace, Mr. Mallory, um, he was stabbed in the chest one time by his child's mother and died. So, you know, you have to understand that well over, I believe it's 70-some percent of homicides are committed by people that you know. So you can't, you know what I'm saying, it, it, it just... You know, the the worst thing that, and I was watching, uh, I think it was Criminal Minds with my son, and I was telling him, I said, you know why the Danger Stranger campaign was was very um, detrimental. People thought, you know, don't talk to strangers and things like that. And that campaign was very detrimental because you had a lot of kids that were thinking that their molester, their sexual abuser, or their abuser was going to come in the form of a stranger in the middle of the night, you know, and it wasn't. It was an uncle. It was an aunt. It was, you know, their stepdad. It was their mom's boyfriend. It was somebody that they knew. So here we are trying to fight monsters that, you know, we can't see, and yet the monsters are in our home. And I think it's important that um, people know the proper way to deal with a domestic abuse situation. I've had girlfriends that were in those type of situations. I've been in that situation um, and you just get tired. And I actually, speaking of Shameless, watched an episode of um, Shameless yesterday. And the young man that was in there, he was a big black guy, very quiet, very muted, um, 18 years old, reminded me of a kid that I actually used to work with when I worked in Tampa with troubled youth um, at a mental facility for children and um, technically like a detention center for children. And um, we had to get rid of this boy because he had turned 18. He wasn't MMR. He wasn't, you know, mentally retarded. There was nothing wrong with him, so we couldn't keep him in the facility. So here you have this boy who, you know, had done heinous things to other children who is, you know, six foot three, six foot four, getting out of quote unquote, you know, the facility and he turns around and rapes six kids in Saint Petersburg, Florida. So on their way home, six year olds. And this is a big kid. We're talking about, you know, six four, two hundred and seven pounds. And I should know because I had to fight the kid myself. So, which is why I ended up resigning from that particular job because I'm like, okay, that was, you know, that was the situation. So, I see this kid, and he's completely catatonic on this show, shameless, and it reminds me of this young man. And what a lot of people don't understand is that abuse is, is cyclic. Nobody just gets up and says, you know what, I think it's okay to punch this female in her face. That is a learned behavior. It's something that they saw somewhere. There is a very, very small percentage of child serial killers that have that frontal lobe damage and things like that, like the little boy over in England that bashed that little boy, that lured that little boy into the woods and bashed his head in. He's still in prison. You know, that's, I mean, we're talking about a very small percentage, like less than 5% of children are born like that. So even though we don't want to talk about it, even your sexual abusers, 90-something percent of them were abused themselves. It's not... A situation where they just wake up and they think it's appropriate. What you have to look at is that everything that happens in an abusive situation is inappropriate. And so somewhere along the line, somebody okayed it, somebody co-signed it, somebody said it was okay, and it's not. So, you know, we have a lot of situations here. We also had a female 
that got murdered here. Um, and it actually was on a television show that's on uh, BET. It's not called Snapped. It's called uh, Fatal Attraction. And she actually used to work for my mom at this at this uh, telemarketing place here. She actually worked underneath my mom. And the gentleman that she was with almost cut her head off, you know, um, and, and, and these are people that I know. These are not, like, people that you just hear about. It Like, these are people that I know. I went to school with the Mallory gentleman that just got stabbed. One single stab to the chest. And just if you've never stabbed somebody, you know, not, not for nothing, do you know how hard it is to stab somebody one goddamn time and take their life? Like, that was, and, and it makes me, you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know the circumstances of it. But I do know that a female you know, and this is her child's father, something happened. You understand what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, we are always saying, you know, rip to my dude this person and rip to my dude this person and free my dude this person and free my dude that person, but we're not telling these people to stop before it gets to that point. You know, I've told, I had a girlfriend once, and, you know, her husband had done heinous things to her, and I told her, I said, I don't even know how he's still walking around alive. You act like he don't go to sleep anytime, you know, and she, she wouldn't leave. And I said, you know, you don't even have enough to build a case with battered women's syndrome. You know, we have all these iPhones, all these cameras. If you're in a situation where you're being beat, you know, you have to get out, whether you're a man, whether you're a female, whatever, it's not okay. You know, I'm here to tell you I'm abusive. I have punched a man in his face. I have stabbed a man. I have done many things to men, but don't get it twisted. They've always hit me too. So it's it's just it's an abusive thing. So if I go into a relationship and I have to put my hands on somebody, then we have a problem. You know what I mean? I joke around a lot about like that, but you'll get this work. Like, and I can't beat a man, not at all, but I can pick up a hammer. You know what I mean? I, I can't stab you. I have. You understand what I'm saying? If I feel like you're threatening my life or my child's life, you're going to get the business. And so... <clears throat> And that's the other thing I was saying to the young ladies the other day I was speaking with. I said, I don't even have very many fights with women. I've been fighting men my whole life. You understand what I'm saying? So from my stepdad, not the one currently. My mother's been married a few times prior to her her death. Um, but, you know, I had to fight my stepdad. Then there was, you know, because, you know, there was a situation with him and my mom. And then that's, you know, it's just, it's hard. So I've been pulling eyes on people probably since I was about 13, 14 years old. It's not, it's not, you know, new to me. So when people talk about this, you know, level of gangster and this level of, you do what you have to do. And, and gangsters don't talk. They really don't. I'm not professing I'm a gangster at all. I probably can't fight, but I'm I'm, I'm pretty decent with a knife and with a fist. You know, and of course with, you know, with, with rifles. But, you know, for me, I can't put myself in a dangerous situation where I feel like I'm going to have to abuse somebody, you know. And so that's what was taking me aback so much with the situation that just happened because with the young lady and the gentleman, because that happened in a public place. That was in the mall on a busy Saturday night in a food court. There's children there. You know, that's abusive within and of itself. And it kind of makes me, you know, look at them both and just be like, what? You know what I'm saying? Y'all either need to get married or y'all need to just stop speaking to each other. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I had to put the blame on him because I'm like, this is somebody that you trusted and maybe perhaps you shouldn't have, but that's what you get. This is what I mean when I say you have to stay in your lane. Stay in your lane isn't just a financial situation. Stay in your lane is on all levels. There's certain shit that I can tolerate and there's certain shit I cannot tolerate. Like inconsistency is something that I cannot tolerate. Because I can show, listen, you want to play games. The minute that I feel games are being introduced into a relationship, you want to play games, we could play them, but you won't win. Because can nobody turn it off quicker than me, okay? I promise you that. We could, we could, I could put money on that. You know, because, you know, the moment I stop having fun with it, I'll be done with it. So sometimes, 
you know, I have to take a break from my own self and be like, okay, let me fall back real quick and then come back with a little bit of a, of a vigor. You know, I work literally seven days a week. You know, six of those days I'm standing on my feet. I still have to work out. I still have to be a mom. I still have to cook every day. I still got to take care of my kid. I still have businesses to run. I still have proofreads and books and things like that that need to get put out. Because don't get it twisted. Just because I'm not putting out another book at this time. My son is writing his second book, you know, because he's doing a series for kids. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. And and don't get it. Look, I still got to plan my son's birthday. My son's birthday is coming up. You know, he'll be 12 years old, and I don't have a normal kid. I have a kid that's saying, Mommy, can you can you call somebody so that we can have a, a, a personal chef so I can cook alongside the chef? I don't have to email uh, Roble Ali, and if you guys aren't familiar with him, he's on VH1. He used to be on the show VH1. Uh, he has a uh, he had a little cooking show that was based out of Brooklyn. He's done a lot of work for B Scott, which is the the gossip blogger and things as such. He does a lot of pop up shop. He's good friends with Russell Simmons, everybody else. So I got to email him to see if he can sit down and you know meet with my son. And then if not, then what can we do in Atlanta to you know because my son is now interested in in culinary arts. You know, so I mean I have a million and one other things to do. So I don't think that. Men understand that, like, when I say I have to stay in my lane, it doesn't mean that, you know, you got to have a bunch of money to deal with me. Just don't ask me for shit. Don't. Don't ask me for toll money. Don't ask me for fucking gas money. Don't ask me for a motherfucking thing. long as you just showing up and you happy and I'm and we're happy and, we're, we're you know, you're doing your gentlemanly thing, you give me a little bottle of wine here and there, buy me some little candies, or if you see something you think I like, just like I, if I see something that I would like, then I don't care what it is. At this point, I'm like, if you, as long as you don't work at Burger King, we good. You know what I'm saying? And just because I know that that your your rank out level at Burger King is going to be at about 35000 unless you're going to buy it at a franchise. You know, so it's not about the money. It really isn't. But it is about a certain level of I need to be able to sit down if I have to talk to you about cutting costs, if I have to talk to you about, you know, what I got to pull out a, you know, a, a line of credit on this house over here to cover my expenses for the month for this particular business over here. You have to be able to understand that. So as long as you can bring something to the table, then I'm good with that. But if you can't bring anything to the table and I own the table and all six chairs at it and it's been custom built by me, then I don't think that you have anything to bring to the table. And you definitely cannot sit here and talk to me about another woman. That will never be okay. I don't give a shit. Unless it's your mother don't or your relative, don't talk to me about other women. I think it's inappropriate. And then that's going to put me in a position where I feel like, you know, because if, if you keep talking about it, it's on your mind. Right. Your ex-wives, your, you know, your baby's moms, I understand stuff like that because you have life with these people. But people that have shut you off or left you or didn't want to fuck with you, don't get it twisted. We as women are the most evil, sinister motherfuckers on planet Earth. You think we don't know when you're trying to move on? You think that we're not going to do everything in our power? Not me because I'm extra petty. So I do shit like, you know, email girls and be like, hey, I thought you was a prostitute because that's what he told me. <laughs> That's how I score start. You can't never talk to me about none of your exes because I'm going to bring it up. You know what I mean? If I ever get the chance to sit down and talk to him, I'm like, well, he told me that you used to be a prostitute over there on 8 Mile. That's how, that's what I do. And I thought you worked for us. That's how I do. I will disrespect you on so many levels you'll want to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. But it's also in the way that you carry yourself. You know, I could post a picture in a thong bathing suit if I'm in a jacuzzi, if I'm in a pool, because those are things that are appropriate and specific. But I think that back to the domestic violence situation, that me being single, I do whatever I want to do, right? But I, I'm still pretty respectful to whoever it is that I'm dealing with, and I expect the same. 
But I just feel like the domestic situation, I don't think that a lot of young girls understand that it also starts with the verbal. You know, you're stupid, you're fat, you're ugly. You know, like the song said, who's going who's gonna to love you like me, right? That's, that's a common threat. You know what I mean? When I say it, it's not a threat, it's the truth. Because nobody's going to go drop a couple grand on you for a birthday fucking party but me. Nobody's going to go and, 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 and excuse your past and the fact that you live in somebody's living room but me. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to excuse the fact that you cheated on every motherfucker that you was with. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about anybody specific. I'm just using a combination of all my exes or whatever to explain to y'all that, you know what I mean, the abuse starts soon so when people can't get you to do what they want you to do they get angry and i'm trying to remember what fucking show it was that i watched it was a uh it was a show where she said um you know you couldn't get him to say you couldn't even get your own husband to say and she was like but you don't understand when you make a man stay longer than what he wants to stay he gets angry and that's typically when they start getting abusive my advice and i'm hey i'm no expert motherfucker hit you hit they ass back okay it ain't got to be that day. It could be the next morning. Because if, if he if he's bold enough to whoop your ass and still get in the same bed with you and go to sleep, he thinks you a punk. You know, I'm not saying go to jail. I'm just saying you have to let motherfuckers know you're not just going to be putting your hands on me. You hit me, we're going to fight. So whether that's a hot grits or that's some cereal that you scratch down the side of his face, granola usually does the trick and then throw bleach on him. I don't care what you do. Don't let nobody beat your ass. You guys document every fucking thing else. Start documenting when he's dotting your eyes. You know what I'm saying? So that at least if you have to go all in and fuck this motherfucker up, you can say, I have proof. There is somebody that knew that I was being abused and that I was being beaten. You understand what I'm saying? Men, too. She want to fuck your shit up. I seen something that was so hurtful to me um, a couple weeks ago about the young lady um, who was picking up her sons. I think there were twin boys in the parking lot. That hurt my soul so bad because all the father did was take the boys to get a haircut. And they were at the police station, which means that they obviously could not come to an agreement about visitation and mediation and things like that. And it was just, it was horrible to watch because the woman was like, um, that was abuse, what you did to them. You went and got their hair cut and you didn't tell, you didn't tell me. And I'm just like, I wish my ex-husband was here to take my son to get his hair cut. You know, it's always me. You understand what I'm saying? He lives in another state. It's not that he's a deadbeat. He lives in another state many, many miles away. So, you know, to see this woman start popping off in front of her children, what she's not understanding is that's abusive too. Anything that you say that can affect the way that your child thinks about the other parent or someone else in their family or themselves, that's fucking abusive. So, like, when you say shit like your mama's a crackhead or things like that to your child, that's not old enough to comprehend what that means, that's fucking abuse, okay? And that's how you get your kids taken away from you or lose visitation rights, you know? And I've been in a situation where, you know, my, my ex-husband's new wife had plenty to say about me to my son, which was completely fucking inappropriate, right? But it's like I said, she has her own child right now. you got to deal with the mess. You understand what I'm saying? But you don't want to be the one to come for me in court because I have documentation that you were inappropriate. And I don't have to let you be around my son at all. You understand what I'm saying? I'm nice. You know, so a lot of people have to understand that you have to be careful what you say to people. You know, like they had given my son a, uh, a Jehovah's Witness Bible over the summer. And I was livid about that because I'm like, that's abusive because that's religion and you didn't ask. 
okay? His father's not a Jehovah's Witness. I don't know how you're a Jehovah's Witness and y'all living in sin or whatever it is that you're doing. So, you know, there's just people have to respect other people's boundaries. And if it's not suitable for you, you have to leave. You don't need an explanation from somebody why, who, what, when, why, why are you doing this to me? And, oh, this is the other thing. The biggest thing in abusive relationships, why do y'all want closure? Why? So that he could close your other eye? So that he could punch you in the face again? Like, why would you want closure from somebody that hurt you? I don't need closure. The closure was when you fucked up. You know, and I think that there's so many crisis and intervention hotlines out there that people could be using, and they're not doing that. They're going back to the situations thinking it's, you know, it's going to get better, and it's not. Every time you let somebody beat your motherfucking ass, they're going to get worse and worse and worse. And in the end, they will kill you. And that is evidenced by the recent homicides that we have had here in the city of Niagara Falls. And not to mention that in my own personal family, there was, like I said, my family was one of the first murder suicides, not me, but my, my extended family, um, in the city. You know what I'm saying? With my, my you know, my family members were upstairs when it happened. Their mother was, was killed. You know, so it's 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 a situation where to me it all goes back to the same shit. It all goes back to mental health. It all goes back to and people think I'm kidding when I be like, No, I'm crazy for real. Like I disclaimer that because I want people to know I'm not okay sometimes. Sometimes I have days I can't get out the bed either. I'm still putting in work, I'm still working from home, but I can't get out the bed. You know, I have days too where I'm just in a ball of tears. You know, I want my mom too, but she's not here. I have days where I'm like, if my father was here this shit wouldn't even be happening. You understand what I'm saying? My father's been gone 15 years. So, you know, you think that you got it bad. And then my little babies had me yesterday trying to watch 12 Years a Slave. I damn for sure couldn't watch that. I was like, Jesus Christ. Because then you watch 12 Years a Slave and you go back and you look at the same thing that has always and will always plague black men, and that's that pride issue. You know, you guys, you know, the, how did they catch him? They was telling him, oh, your music is so great, and this, that, and the third, and let me give you some wine. You know, you, that's where the 48 laws of power comes from. You got to despise the free lunch. Like my daddy used to say, if it's on sale, it's stale. You understand what I'm saying? And so you, you gentlemen have to look at women like that, too. If she's so easy and so free to give it to you, what's going to stop her from giving it to somebody else? Now, the difference, and, and let me disclaimer that because I know there's people listening right now like, wait a minute, you know. My thing is this, is that if I have a proven track record that I only, you know, deal with certain types of people, right, if, if, if we're dealing with each other, that means that you've already reached a certain level. So that means that, you know, no, I don't belong to you at all. However, I will be respectful of whatever kind of relationship it is we have. So whether it's business, I'm loyal in business. If it's, you know, a physical relationship and we're dating and we're whatever, my thing is keep it real. If you want to see people, you want to see other people, go ahead, let me know. Just like I would tell you if I wanted to see other people or if I went on a date with somebody that I was romantically interested in because I won't want to waste your time. Um, but I think that there's a misconception that, you know, it, you know, it's it, it's sad because the, the young lady that's in question, you know, there's a lot of things that have been said about that young lady, like she was a prostitute and that people didn't even want to pay her for that. And that's a, you know how what a terrible, you know how ugly you got to be for somebody not to even want to pay you for sex. That's terrible. And we should be focusing on the fact that this is a young lady that's under the age of 25, you know, and is bragging about all this shit, yet people are still talking shit about the fact you couldn't even afford to go out of town for CIAA. You know, you got to focus on stuff like that instead of worrying about what other people are making and what other people are doing and other people should pay your way. Don't nobody owe you shit. 
But then you have to also understand that if you're going to take something from somebody, that's why I'm my own investor. I don't have silent investors. I don't have angel investors. I don't have a hedge fund. I don't have none of that. Zero Fox is 100% all mine. I don't ask nobody for nothing because I want to do what the fuck I want to do. If I want to change the design on it, I'm going to change it. If I want to come out with a capsule collection, I can come out with a capsule collection tomorrow if that's what I feel like doing. If I want to put bozo the clown noses on hats, that's what I'm going to do. So I think that a lot of young ladies also don't understand that another level or way that men try to abuse women is that if they're paying for shit, they kind of feel like they own you. You know, they kind of feel like they can tell you what to do. They kind of feel like they can snatch you up if you out in something that they bought you on. I'll, I'll walk down the street butt-ass naked. I'll take every article of clothing off a man bought me. He ever do some shit like that. You know, and then you have a lot of guys that say, oh, I don't like your clothes. Okay, motherfucker, then buy me new ones. Oh, you can't? Okay, then shut the fuck up. And that's how you remedy that. I'm not saying you got to talk to people like I do because I don't give a fuck. But I just want everybody to be safe, and I want men to understand that, you know, in order for y'all to be kings, you have to, you know, cut back on, on choosing the concubines. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want the chick that everybody done had, that everybody done ran through. Like, And it's funny because guys look at that as like a notch on the belt. No, you look fucking crazy. You look like you might be having the clap too. You know what I mean? So you guys have to be a little bit more discerning where you put your dick. Just like we have to be a little bit more discerning of who we lay down with. That's shared energy. You know, if the energy don't feel right, I don't do it. I could know you one day, 90 days. If the energy don't feel right, I'm not doing it. You know, and, and I think that a lot of people need to worry about what the fuck is going on in their backyard instead of worrying about what else, what the fuck else everybody else is doing. And I understand that people are young and things like that, but I'm I'm really not the one or the two. You know, and it's unfortunate that, that, you know, that young lady had to go through something that was abusive in the mall, but it was based upon some shit that you said. So sometimes when people are coming to you and you have no explanation and you can't say things to people like, fuck your kids or fuck your dead-ass boyfriend, that's really you've been a very yucky, lucky young lady that no one has knocked your fucking head off at this point. You know, but I, I wish you well. You know, I hope that things get better with you and the young man and, and, and you can reconcile some of the relationships you've had with people. But unfortunately, what it's looking like is that nobody wants to deal with you. And so when you get to a place where nobody wants to deal with you, you understand what I'm saying? Then you isolate yourself and then you become irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? And so instead of worrying about what I'm doing or what he's doing or what this one's doing or what that one's doing, you need to be worrying about how you're going to be relevant to this earth, not just to another person, but to this earth. So if your relevancy is based on you being this person's girlfriend, right, and they're beating the shit out of you, you're really not relevant at all because you could be dead at any moment. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm feeling kind of sexy. I'm having my little drink tonight. Today was Margarita Monday. I haven't had one in a while. The weather's heating up. It's like 45 degrees. It's almost like summer. So I want to play this track that I actually just started listening to um, today. It's by Ro James, and it's called Permission. I absolutely love this track because he sounds like a cross between, like, Prince and CeeLo Green. And y'all make sure y'all email me and tell me what y'all think. www.stanyalane123.com. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow we'll be on Tell the Truth Tuesday, and I'm sure it's going to be lit.